Hey, this is Jake Parker, creator of Missile Mouse, and you're listening to Funny Books with Aaron and Polly. I neglected to ask you before we got started. Are you uh, running record on your side as well? I am. I am. Just and, wanted. Uh, just wanted to make sure. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we'll, we'll we'll fill you in a little bit on uh, why Aaron's asking that. <laughs> <laughs> we um, a couple of weeks ago we talked to Jeff Parker. Uh, oh. He does uh, Agents of Atlas for Marvel Comics, uh-huh. and um, Aaron went to edit the episode, and we realized we didn't record it. So, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. So we have now learned the lesson the hard way. We, we, Both we now, of us will record it. <laughs> that's right. That's right. We have redundancies in place now. <laughs> yes, that's good. I can imagine you're just sweaty after that one. Oh, I got to tell you, I mean, I just wanted to cry and did not want to call Paul and tell him the bad news. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then I had to Jeff. tell Jeff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And uh, well, it's well and and I let Paul call Jeff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <there> you go. <laughs> I said, "Yeah, I screwed this one up, Paul. It's all my fault." Could you call Jeff? <laughs> Throw him under the bus. That's right. That's right. And the, and the worst part about it is, um, I, I was looking at uh, Jeff's Twitter, and he uh-huh. said, "This is my third podcast interview this week that didn't record." Oh wow! So it was. I think it's his fault. Uh, I, I'm going to venture to say that. <laughs> yes, that, you know, third time. Yeah. Time in a row, it's definitely something's, uh, something's up. Yeah. What's the connecting thread there, Jeff? <laughs> but enough about <laughs> Jeff Parker. Let's talk about Jake Parker. <laughs> All right. Now, y'all um, were separated at birth. Y'all are, uh, you know, twins, Siamese, uh, perhaps. <laughs> me and Jeff, I actually met him once at Wizard World Dallas or oh. whatever they did. Yeah, Wizard World Texas ago. that they had over yeah. in Arlington. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I met him there and I said, hey. We have the same, almost the same name. <laughs> and he goes, oh yeah, I think I get some of your emails. <laughs> and, and we chatted a little bit, and uh, he's a super nice guy, and uh, that was it. Now, how long ago did you uh, live in Dallas? So I lived in Dallas from, let's see, 2003, no, no, 2002 to 2005. I moved out here in 2005. And so how many of the Wizard Worlds did you go to? I just went to that one. Okay. That was the only one. That's we were probably one. there together. Oh, yeah? Who was, who was the big guest when you were there? Uh, Mignola and Del Toro were pumping uh, Hellboy. Okay. Uh, I believe. Who else did I meet? Jim Lee was there. Mm-hmm. Talked to him. Uh, I met the guy. What was his name? He was writing the Batman comics for a while there, the, the animated. Oh, Baldini? Uh, uh, what? Who? Paul Dini, Bruce Tim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Paul, Paul uh, Dini. Well, you know, this was the first year they've not done Wizard World in, in a while. Uh, they canceled the Texas shows. 
Yeah, I heard about that. I'm, I'm really rather upset about it because it was the only, uh, you know, big convention that we get down in these parts. So now I have to, you know, travel beyond the Lone Star State for my convention fix. Yeah, that, that stinks. It really does. It really does because what was great is that my house was right around the corner from the convention center where they oh. had it. So, you know, I'd have my wife drop me off so I wouldn't have to pay for parking. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. Well, and, and I would also uh, uh, have her bring me lunch so I wouldn't have to pay concession prices. <laughs> you, you got it all figured out. Yeah, I really. Did. That's yeah. like the uh, Tough Economics Time or a Tough Economic Times Guide to uh, Going to the Conventions. <laughs> exactly. Like, <laughs> you know, I did kind of feel like, you know, it was my mom dropping me off. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but uh, you know, it was, it was terrific. Is that you know, you go in there and I and I would load up on comics and whatnot, and you know, come you know, call her up and say, hey, bring my lunch. And I'm going to drop a bunch of stuff in the car so I can go back in and buy more stuff. So it worked pretty well. So I uh, I was going to say I remembered I the studio I worked for. We were talking to Josh Baylock, the the uh, Devil's Do guy. Yeah, that's his name. J- Baylock or Bay? Bla- it's I think Blaylock. it's Blaylock. Yeah, Blaylock. Yeah. Really nice guy, and he's like, "Well, I got to get over to the convention." Uh, I guess he flew in from Chicago, and I was like, "Oh, I'm going there too. I'll just give you a ride." He's all sweet, and uh, for whatever reason, that was that was like the worst driving I had ever done. And I was like swerving in front of people. I, I swear, I almost killed him. Like he's white knuckled on my dashboard. <laughs> like we pull off, and uh, I'm like, "Okay, let's find a let's find a parking spot." He's like, "No, just drop me off right here." And, <laughs> and uh, that was that. That's the last I ever saw him. But, nice. Yeah, he's yeah. the one who changed his email address and his cell phone number after that car. Right. <laughs> That's right. Well, Jake, we probably met there at Wizard World. You, you know, you may remember me. I was the fat guy in the black T-shirt. You're standing next to that other guy. That yeah, other that other guy. guy. The yeah. All <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> yeah, I was the fat guy in the black t-shirt too. So. Oh, you were the other one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're a pretty busy dude. You still work for Blue Sky Studios still? Yep. Yeah, I do. Your day job. So you have a day job. You have a family, and you still find time to create, write, pencil, ink, and color missile yeah. maps. Yeah, barely. <laughs> barely. <laughs> I mean, I how, could, how do you find time for all that? Do you not sleep? Um, that's part of it. I I do very little sleep. It's just a matter of streamlining my life, like cutting out every unneedful thing, and and so it's just focused on, you know, priority one, priority two, priority three, and maybe priority four, and then I try not to do stuff that. It doesn't matter. So that that's that's basically how what it comes down to. Although the stuff that doesn't matter does creep in, and you know I'm, I'm watching a baby elephant run around on YouTube, and I'm like, wait, what am I doing? I don't have time for this. <laughs> like, ah, there was a minute and a half of my day. <laughs> right. Missile Mouse Two will have to wait till 2011 now. <laughs> right. <laughs> um. So, you know, tell us a little bit about. Before we go into Missile Mouse, um, uh-huh. which is the reason we had you on today, uh, primarily because it's coming out in a couple of weeks and we're very excited. Um, you know, just to give our listeners a little intro, uh, Jake, 
was actually one of our very first interviews, uh, somewhere in the first three or four interviews. And uh, shockingly enough, he agreed to come back and actually, you know, be recorded this time. So, you know, we, we didn't anger you too bad last time. No, but, it was good. you know, last time when we talked to you, you were, I think, I think Horton Hears a Who had either been just released or was pending release sometime uh-huh. soon. And, uh, you know, so that's out. That came out in theaters, it's out on DVD, Blu-ray, all that stuff right now. So, you know, what are you doing uh, at Blue Sky Studios now? Right. So after Horton, I, uh, I rolled on to Ice Age for a couple months, Ice Age 3. And uh, I did that for maybe two months, worked on a couple of early things, and then moved on to the movie I've been working on now. I think I've been on it for two years now. It's called Rio. And uh, it should be out in 2011. And um, you can you know type in Rio, Blue Sky, Fox, and you'll find the press release uh, about it. But it's, it's basically a, um, a romp through Rio de Janeiro with two blue macaws and kind of their adventure, um, uh, their adventure there with other birds and people and, and stuff. <laughs> and uh, I, I primarily do uh, environmental design, like, uh, you know, design sets and that the characters you know, do all their acting in and, and spaces, and I'll, I'll design props and plants and stuff that they interact with. So that's, uh, that's basically it. That's What's what your- I've been that's what I'm doing. What's your training background? Because, uh, and we'll talk a little bit more about this in the, when we get into Missile Mouse, but, you know, you've really got a flair for, you know, uh, drawing technology and settings and background and whatnot. And so to, to hear you talk about uh, that experience uh, really kind of sparked that. And I'm curious you know, how you got there. You know, what's your training? Yeah. Let's see. I, I've always liked vehicles and mechanical things. Uh, so I remember very early on, I was like 10, I begged my mom for a, a uh, subscription to Automobile Magazine, and I ended up having that for a couple of years, and I was really into, you know, these cool cars, and for a while I wanted to be a, a, a car designer when I was little, and so, I, I don't know, it, it, you know, you kind of do what you do, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I did... I did that kind of stuff, but but then I discovered comic books and I got into that whole thing. Um, but as far as actual training, I'm pretty much self-taught or you know work you know learned on the job. Um, I went to um, a community college for a semester and um, ended up dropping out to take a job at an animation studio. I had my art teacher from high school. I you know, went back and was talking to him, and this is, I lived in, in uh, Mesa, Arizona, and there's a, a Fox studio in Phoenix. It was Fox Animation, and they did uh, Anastasia and Titan AE, and um, it was Don Bluth who set that up. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so it was kind of cool that there's a studio, like, right in my backyard, and my teacher said, hey, I never give this advice to anybody, but you should you should try and get a job there. Uh, you know, one of my old students works there and 
he, uh, you know, he can kind of get your portfolio in front of the right people. So I scratched together what life drawings I, I had done and um, just a bunch of other stuff. And looking back on it, if I were to face that portfolio right now, it'd, it'd make me cry. But uh, <laughs> but they saw something in it and they said, okay, we'll, we'll hire you to do in-between. And that, that was back when movies were, or, you know, animated movies were drawn by hand. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got a job as an in-betweener. And I was like, yeah, I want to do school. I'm going to do this. I want to work at an animation studio. And, and it was actually a, a, a paradigm shift for me because up until that point, I was like, how the heck am I going to make a living drawing? You know, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, uh, I was like, well, I could, I could do like graphic design or, you know, I didn't know what my options were. And, you know, I knew guys did comics, but nobody I knew <laughs> did that. And I knew people did animation, but, but when I went there, I went to the studio, I saw, you know, 300 people there, you know, living as artists, doing stuff they loved, and, you know, supporting themselves, supporting families. And I was like, holy cow, this is possible. And, uh, and so I worked there. And then they laid everybody off and closed the studio down. <laughs> so. Like, ah, oh, Jake started, so let's shut it down. <laughs> exactly. I was there, I worked on Titan AE, um, the whole the whole thing, start to finish, and that movie really tanked. And yeah, you know what's sad is everyone loves that movie, but that is kind of the movie, that, that, that last movie that that studio put out, isn't it? Yeah, well, they they did three movies. It was Anastasia, and then they did a, a straight to DVD, or back then it was video. Uh, this was in '99 when I got hired there. So it was uh, it was Bartok the Magnificent, which was the bat character from Anastasia, and uh, and then they did Tiny E, and Tiny E I think had a budget of 90 million and made seven million its opening weekend. Ouch! So, yeah. Was that the one with uh, Matt Damon voicing the main character? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yep. Yeah. That Damon. So yeah, up until that point, I was like, yeah, I want to be an animator. Uh, you know, I work here at the studio and kind of work my way up, become an animator. And I got to in-betweening. And I was just like, I hate this. <laughs> I don't want to in-between at all. But luckily, the in-between department was right next to the design department. So there were these guys there just huddled over their desks creating spaceships and characters and crazy environments. And I would go there every day and just talk to those guys, look at what they're doing. And I would be doing my own stuff at home and I'd show them and they'd say, Oh, it's cool, but you know, let's fix this. And then there was the background department upstairs that were, you know, doing all these really magnificent paintings. And I'd show them my, you know, my feeble attempt at painting and, and, you know, they kind of, Oh, here, fix this. And did you try this brush and look at this technique? And, so I was kind of learning from all these guys, um, you know, how to how to do do this stuff, and and also at the same time just learning to work fast because you know you got deadlines and you got to get this stuff done, and uh, and the studio closed and and it woke me up. It was like, whoa, okay, you can work for somebody, but they're not always going to be there for you. Right. So you always need to have. This is for me, Jake. You always need to have something on the side going on that you can that you can 
that won't quit you, you know. So that's when I started creating Missile Mouse. Well, I actually created Missile Mouse when I was a kid, but I, I picked them up again and, and started working on that, and I started doing, you know, all these other little things on the side. And, uh, and so that was that. Um, and that was like 2001. No, let's see. I can't remember the dates. It was like 99 or 2000 when it closed. And, uh, and then I was like, I'm out of a job. What am I going to do? And my wife said, hey, you should go down to this, this museum, uh, this, this uh, uh, natural history museum down the street. It's the, the Arizona or the Mesa Museum of Natural History here. Mesa Southwest Museum of Natural History and I remember going there as a kid I was like oh I should see if they need an artist and sure enough they needed like a, a fill-in artist to, to help them with this dinosaur exhibit that they're doing and so I started working there and I was working under these you know these mural painters who were painting these huge dinosaur murals and and uh and learning all this stuff from them about you know painting things and and I was doing all sorts of odd jobs. Like I sculpted a, a, a fake rock out of styrofoam and then painted it to look like a real rock. And that was for one of the exhibits. And they got in this giant shark and they gave me the job to paint it, make it look like a real shark, you know, give it the, the right colorings. And and I did this life-size skeleton of a of an alligator, like a prehistoric alligator that they had the skull from. So it was really, it was awesome. Like that was one of my my favorite jobs ever and you see the kids come in and they're all excited about it and then the, the the best part was when everybody left and you had the whole museum to yourself at night and you know you could just go through and look at stuff and go all the corners and see the different artifacts and, and different things and uh and that job came to an end because the, the the exhibit opened and they didn't need artists anymore and um I had a, a friend who his brother-in-law started a, a Mac repair business in the Valley. And he, he needed a graphic designer. And he said, Jake, can you do graphic design for me? And I said, yeah, but I don't know how to use a computer. And this was back when, you know, people weren't using, well, I guess real people were using computers, but I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> You're one and, of those fake people. Yeah, fake people. <laughs> and he said, uh, no, don't worry about it. You know, you got you got talent, you got ability, you got an eye or whatever. So here's a computer. Here's a book on Photoshop. Here's a book on Flash and <laughs> yourself. And I was like, well, he's paying me. So I worked for him for a while, and I just taught myself Photoshop. He got me a tablet, and I designed business cards for him, a website for him, and, and uh, um, you know, all sorts of stuff that he needed for his business. And it was awesome because I learned how to use a computer. Mm-hmm. And and uh, the whole time I was working there, I was like, well, this is good, but this isn't what I want. I want to work in the design department like I, you know, those guys at Fox. So I was working on my own portfolio, and I found this game company that just opened in, in, in the Valley, and they hired me, um, you know, I guess on a whim. I don't know what. They saw something there, and uh, and so I worked for this game company for a little while. And they ended up moving from Phoenix to LA, so I went out there with them. While I was out there, you know, met a lot of people and learned a lot of stuff. And then 
got contacted by this studio in Dallas, that uh, cool little studio named Real Effects out in Dallas. And um, there's a guy named Brandon Oldenburg, one of the most creative people I've ever met. And he contacted me out of the blue and said, hey, got the studio here. We're looking for cool people, you know, really creative people, and you want to come out. And so I ended up going out there, and uh, they had this cool little studio that was doing commercials and trying to get uh, movies made, um, animated shorts, stuff like that. So I worked there for a couple of years, and that was awesome because, you know, I met a lot of people and learned a lot of stuff there as well. Um, uh, worked with a guy named William Joyce who they sort of partnered with to create some properties with him and, and learned a ton from, from that guy. He, he uh, if you're familiar with him, he created um, Roly Poly Oly. It was a kind of kid's show on Disney Channel. He's yeah. done a lot of, chi- yeah, a lot of children's books. He did uh, A Day with Wilbur Robinson, which they made into a, Disney made into a movie. Um, he was sort of the, him and Chris Wedge were the brains behind Robots, which was Blue Sky's second movie. And so it was just cool to kind of feed off of the creativity that was going on there. But I still felt like there was more for me to learn. Texas was sort of in the middle of nowhere for for us, for my mm-hmm. family, because mm-hmm. uh, we had family on the East Coast, we had family on, you know, out West, and we were just kind of stuck in the middle. And so um, Blue Sky, the job opened up there to move up there, and which was great because we could be close to my wife's. Uh, my wife's family, her her grandma lives out there and are out here now. And plus they were working on this really cool movie, Horton Hears a Who, which I just really wanted to be a part of that. And so um, uh, went up there, and that's where I've been for the past four years. And that was a lot of stories. Right <laughs> <laughs> Well, I don't know about you, but I'm done. No. <laughs> yeah. but, so, uh, I should I should add, all along that whole time, there was sort of this side thing going on. Like, that was pay-the-bills stuff. Right. The side thing was Jake working on comics, uh, working on flight, working on, you know, stuff for my website, doing all this Jake stuff that I kind of started doing when Fox closed down early on. And, and actually, the, here's an interesting thing, too, is, while I was working at Fox in Phoenix, we heard of the studio out out east uh, called Blue Sky Studios. They did this cool little animated short called Bunny. You know, we we're like, oh, that's really neat. It's it's CG and the fur looks so real. It's just it's awesome. And ended up winning Academy Award that year for a short. And uh, Tiny tanked. Tiny, you know, just destroyed <laughs> destroyed <laughs> that. And they said, well, we were going to give you guys. Ice Age, but I think we think we'll have this other studio do it, which they ended up buying out Blue Sky, and and uh, and so the place I work now was sort of the downfall, helped the downfall of the place I used to work. So it's funny how <laughs> there's these these circles, but it was yeah I saw a lot of Ice Age pre-production work done at at Fox and Phoenix, and it was a total different direction. There's a amazing artist named uh, Simone Varela who uh, does these gorgeous charcoal drawings that are huge and 40 inches wide and so detailed and, and just, just beautiful and, and he's laboring over this drawing of this saber-toothed pack and 
they're gnawing on human skulls with you know the eyes popping out and there's these mammoths walking in the background I'm like this is the awesomest movie ever and uh, <laughs> but it, it, it ultimately didn't end up that way yeah it's a little <laughs> different <laughs> yeah yeah how did you hook up for Flight? You know, because um, you were involved with Flight uh, before Flight Explorer, or was Flight Explorer your first? That was actually my third story. Yeah, see, that's what Flight I said. Yeah, yeah, third. See, that's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> How did I hook up with Flight? So, I'd been posting artwork on uh, some forums, different forums. That, um, there's, uh, I believe, the sketchbook forum or. I forget what it was called, uh, but I got to know Kazoo uh, over. He's the guy that, that started Flight. I got to sort of know him online, and uh, I knew a couple other people that were a part of this that group, the Flight group. Um, and they had, a friend of mine, Joel Carroll, had briefly mentioned, "Hey, yeah, I'm doing this. I'm doing a story for this thing called Flight, and they're just they want to make a book for." Alternative Press Expo, you know, little black and white kind of anthology thing, and and I just I heard that and I knew I had to be a part of it. I was like, uh, can you just see if they have room for anyone else? And I got contacted by by Kazoo pretty shortly after. He's like, yeah, Jake, do do what do whatever you want. And uh, you know, here's the deadline, and here's the you know here's our little form where we're sharing artwork with everybody and. Uh, it started out really small and then turned out to be this, you know, this big thing in color and, you know, published really nicely. And and so I did a story for that and then we did this, you know, that one did so well that we did a second volume, did a story for that. And then um, I was going to do a story for the third book, but that was sort of this time where I was transitioning from Dallas to, to Connecticut or to the East Coast here. Um, and so I, I was working on my portfolio and stuff like that. So it wasn't until Flight Explorer that I was able to do another story and and, uh, and did Missile Mouse for that. And so, okay, so that's where Missile Mouse comes into the picture. You know, right. and you've been working on Missile Mouse for, you know, well, not that story particularly, but, you know, the world of Missile Mouse for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so, you know, you, I think that first Missile Mouse story was what about twenty pages or so? Yeah, twenty pages. Um, you know, so you're seeing your character finally come to life, finally, you know, being printed. You know, how hard, how difficult was it to try to jam pack all of these ideas? You know, how did you choose that story to introduce people to Missile Mouse? You know, after I'm sure what were many stories already floating around in your head. Yeah, actually, so Flight Explorer was sort of this afterthought. Um, we had extra material for uh, for flight, and and we'd always thought about doing a flight book just for kids. So originally I was making this story just for regular flight, and I had this story in mind. I had this character called uh, Hamlet Fitch, and he's like this 19th century explorer scientist guy, and he goes to this island, and um, he has to fight this monster there, right? And I'm working on this story, and it's really not coming together. And I was talking to a friend of mine, a uh, good longtime friend of mine, Cole Glass, and telling him about it. And, you know, Cole was there when I first made Missile Mouse in high school. You know, like, he, he knows the history there. And, and he goes, 
Jake, this would be a really good missile mass story. And it hit me like a, a grand piano. I was like, you're right. Oh, my gosh. You're right. And it, it totally lit a fire under me. Because I'd been looking for kind of a reason to do missile mass, but it just, you know, I don't know why I didn't think that in the first place. So I did, I turned it into this missile mouse story and, uh, and, you know, I had other plans for missile mouse, bigger, grander stories, but when I already had this little story figured out and I switched out the characters and the world and made it missile mouse, it was just like the perfect little, little story. And, uh, and, uh, and that's sort of the genesis of that. That's how that happened. So, so why are you such – why is Missile Mouse such a hater? You know, he, uh, he's really rather harsh with the Cephalodian commando droid. You know, and that, that Cephalodian commando droid's just sitting there minding his own business. He's just taking a swim, soaking in the pool, and here comes Missile Mouse harsh and his mellow. What's up with that? Uh, yeah, he, <laughs> Missile Mouse is for the people, and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, the, the Commando Droid isn't, so <laughs> he took issue with that. <laughs> On the, uh, last page of that story, I noticed down at the bottom, it says, uh, special thanks to Tom, Tom Seville. Yes, yes, Tom Seville. He, uh, is a guy who works with the Blue Sky, he's, uh, an animator who actually works at Bungie now on I think he's doing Halo or something. But super cool guy, animator, and uh but he also has this thing for comics too and he's done a few of his own little comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, zombie comics and you know, these these funny little things. But um I, he actually helped flat he flatted the book for me or the the story for me. Oh. Um and just was a huge help because I couldn't have finished it without him helping me out there. So the uh, Guardian Prophecy story is just so beautifully drawn, Jake. Uh, the uh, there's you, you make so many nice choices. Uh, Thank you. I, I particularly, you know, am fascinated with uh, the choices that you made around technology. Um, like, for instance, Missile Mouse's uh, spaceship is. I, I'm just captivated by uh, by the design on that, and the uh, the choice that you made in how his gun works. Instead of shooting like a beam or a big blast or something, it's like those little you know burps of energy. Right. You know, I, I, I it, it's really compelling uh, and something that I, that I rather enjoyed about the book. Thank you. Yeah, that, that's just you know that's stuff I I think about and I try to put you know some thought into that. So it's nice that you know someone appreciates it. <laughs> so you know, did the the um the new book that's coming out on January 1st. Right. Did just, um, was that already in the workings before Flight Explorer or did Flight Explorer kind of come first? Yeah, it is. That book exists because of Flight Explorer. And I owe a lot to Kazoo for uh, one thing, and that was he asked that I do Missile Mass for the cover of the book. And um, and so I did this cover, Missile Mouse, and there's, Missile Mouse was a story, you know, the biggest story in the middle, so it was a really nice showcase of this character. And my, uh, my literary agent was able to take Flight Explorer around and say, here, this is what Missile Mouse would look like printed. 
you know, this is this is basically you'd be printing this, but a longer, you know, bigger adventure, a bigger story, mm-hmm. and uh, and it really was able to, you know, allow publishers to catch that vision of it. Whereas if it's just, you know, scrawling on a piece of paper and, you know, even if it's a nice um, presentation, to see something that's already been printed and you can hold it in your hand and flip through it, it's, you know, it makes all the difference. Oh, yeah. So You know, I can actually that, say, oh, I'm sorry, please go ahead. I was just going to say, so, so that, that was, you know, instrumental in, in getting the, the book deal for, for Missing Mouth. You know, and that's you know, I I'd read a couple of the flight books before, um, but Flight Explorer was probably the first one I read in full, um, my first real exposure to the series, and I primarily picked it up because you know there's a mouse with a rocket pack and uh, a gun on the cover, <laughs> and a giant robot. I mean, you know, that that's as good a reason to pick up a book as any, I would imagine. Right, I would think so. If I if I saw that, I'd definitely pick it up too. So. So, you know, the the new book, which I think uh, goes under the name The Star Crusher, right? Yep, yep. Yeah, it comes out January 1st, and I keep saying that just because it's important. What's the um, date of it? January 1st, uh, I think. Yeah, I, I, I've heard January 1st. Yeah, that's, okay. that, that's the <laughs> word on the street. Um, you know, actually, how did, how did you swing that, if you don't mind me asking? Because books usually, you know, get released on a, on a Tuesday. I don't know. Um, I, you know, that's the magic of book publishing. Like, I think it's because it's graphics and graphics is scholastic and scholastic just has their own distribution and their own, you know, business model. And they've got it all figured out that that's what, that's what they do. So. Okay. Well, it's totally because there's a mouse with a gun and a jetpack on the cover. <laughs> that, that's the reason. It's like, hey, it's important. January first, plus Don't some kind of Cthulhu-esque type monster over his shoulder. That <laughs> yeah. helps too. Yes. Yeah. No, I mean, you, you throw some kind of Cthulhu space alien in there, plus a missile mouse. What's not to love about this book? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we loved it. Um, exactly. You know, we, we were able to read it. Uh, you know, I, I, I got my, I got the copy in last week. Uh, I yeah. read it and I loved it, and I sent it to Aaron as quickly as I could. You know, that way we both had a chance to, to you know, to read it before we could uh, talk to you about it. Now, for our listeners who aren't really familiar with Missile Mouse, mm-hmm. why don't you tell them a little bit about the world of Missile Mouse and his character and how he kind of fits in? Okay, so. The world of Missile Mouse. He is a galactic security agent for the Galactic Security Agency, who are is this uh, government organization that works or that is uh, you know branch of the Galactic Union, and uh, the Galactic Union is this um, a union of planets and solar systems throughout the galaxy who uh, have, you know, united together to, to uh, um, you know, for peace, to, to work together and to, to thrive and, and, and survive in this galaxy. And the, the GSA, the Galactic Security Agency, has agents that go around uh, keeping the peace and making sure um, bad guys like the rogue imperial planets don't go around blowing up planets. So uh, 
he's uh he's this this agent and um he sort of has a chip on his shoulder he he doesn't quite like the constraints of the rules that the galactic union or the gsa has him go by he he plays along but he likes to do things his own way and uh, sometimes he gets in trouble for that but um the problem is is he always accomplishes his mission even though he does it his own way he 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 gets the job done and so they really can't argue with results and and uh um as much as you know they'd like to um have an agent that that meets you know all their needs they're short so they need missile mouse to do what he does and uh that's quite a mouthful <laughs> <laughs> basically he does of, what he does there you go he, that's he a perfect what he does. cover <laughs> think of uh james bond in space and he's a missile mouse you know he's a mouse <laughs> 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 so yeah so so that's what it is and, and the idea is with with the stories is that uh you know this is book one book two which i'm working on now you'll be able to pick that up and you can read it without reading book one. It's, it's its own story. It's its own, uh, uh, you know, it's its own arc and, uh, and you can read them out of order in order and it, it shouldn't make a difference. Just another adventure, kind of like, um, the James Bond movies where, you know, one doesn't really connect to the other one other than the character. Now the book is 172 pages. How did you decide on that length? That's totally the story dictated that um okay i uh i wasn't you know shooting for i would have liked to done 150 pages but um the story needed you know 22 more so so that's what it that's what it ended up being do you ever see a time when you might do like a missile mouse you know monthly floppy comic or 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 do you uh just see that it, it would live in uh the graphic novel trade paperback format yeah, that's a good question. I I like the graphic novel because it is primarily for for kids, and like it or not, I don't see too many kids in comic shops. Mm-hmm. You know, mostly guys my age or older. <laughs> <laughs> and this is just a way for it to get into kids' hands better. That's why ultimately why I went with Scholastic because I had a few offers on the table uh, from publishers and. Scholastic was the one that had, um, you know, the 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 distrib- distribution in place to get it in the hands of, of kids. Right. They have their 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 Scholastic book orders that they do through school, and then they have uh, you know the setup with all the bookstores, and and so so that's that's basically how it works out. If you know, at some point, there's just no interest, and I'm still dying to do this. Uh, you know, I might go with a company that would, you know, I might get it published however, however I can get it published. Mm-hmm. But for now, this is this is what's working. So, you know, and you know, we're we're talking about aiming it uh, towards a, a, a kid audience. Um, but one thing that I really liked about Missile Mouse, and that I liked about Flight Explorer, and uh, you know, I'm going to compare it to some other uh, books that have come out of Flight, like um, Keen Sue's Jellyby. I hope I pronounced his name right. Um, yeah. Or, you know, prior to that, you know, we're talking about Jeff Smith's Bone. You know, there are books that appeal to an all-ages audience, and, you know, they get, kind of get lumped 
as children's literature, but really, you know, they, they don't talk down to to adults. They don't, you know, the, the story is not, I don't want to say dumbed down because, you know, kids are smart and all that. Um, you know, but it, it's not necessarily written just so that a child can enjoy it. You know, it, there there's quite an intricate storyline involved in Missile Mouse. Um, you know, there's a lot of, you know, technical uh, aspects to it. You know, a lot of Star Wars type technology in the story. Mm-hmm. I mean, was yeah. that, you know, so, you know, you, you, was that more of an intentional thing to just kind of keep it almost all ages, not necessarily specifically for a kid audience? Yeah, I think, so. I, you know, all that stuff is in there because I do still want to make a book that I know I would, I would enjoy and I would want to read. And, uh, and so I'd like to put in little things like, you know, um, the, the star crusher, you know, it's, it's back, back history and, and, uh, and, you know, the, I don't know. I, I think some of this technical stuff too, the, the kids, you know, Star Wars really laid the groundwork for me. <laughs> so I can do, um, you know, a guy talking to a hologram and not have to explain it because it's, you know, it's, it's almost a, a sci-fi staple. Um, and so, and so that, you know, I don't know that, the, I don't know what I would do to dumb it down, you know, other than just, you know, make it a mouse flying in a rocket ship <laughs> well i mean you know there, there's a lot of action to it and you don't you don't shy away i mean you shot there's not blood but you know obviously characters do get hurt there are explosions yeah. and bombs and you know there there's a pretty spectacular scene which i'm gonna you know kind of talk to you a little bit about uh here in a little bit towards the cool. end you know with that mm-hmm. big two-page spread um so you know there there's lots of excitement and it's you know like again, I would compare it to Star Wars. You know, ships blow up. You know, there are people in them. It's not like GI Joe, where you have to see a a parachute come out of every plane that explodes. Right, right. Actually, that was one thing too. Yeah, I I went back and forth on that. Like, how how GI Joe do I make it? And how, you know, my, my first instinct is to really, you know, even put like blaster holes in their chest or stuff like that. But I, I ultimately shied away from that just because, uh, um, it doesn't need it really. But, but then I I don't want to go so far as to no one can die. There's, I want there to be consequences. If, if no one dies in it, then, you know, you're not going to care if Missile Mouse puts his neck on the line. Mm -hmm. You're going to know he can, he can make it, you know, make it out of that. So, yeah, it's a, it's a it's a balancing act, um, but I think I, I kind of draw the line at bodily harm, and you know, uh, an explosion's fine, but you know, a blaster hole isn't. You know, makes sense. So, now, yeah. now you know you've got a, a background in animation, so I have to ask the question. You know, is, is this something that that you're actively seeking an opportunity to animate? That'd be nice. Yeah, that that would be good. Yeah, if there's interest and if somebody, you know, was really wanting to do this or even kind of wanting to do it, mm-hmm. I'd I'd be into that. Um, but you know, then again, I, I kind of second guess it because you know there is Star Wars. Kids have that already. Sure. So. 
you know, why do they need why do they need missile mass? But it 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 is different in that, you know, Star Wars is this huge epic thing and missile mouse is, you know, one character who kinda of gets in all these different situations which I think you know, it's appealing, it's something that, that's Oh yeah. You yeah. know, it's worked in the past, so Yeah. I mean I'd buy it on Blu ray, so so you know how a lot of work went into the book it's obvious um and i keep going back to that two-page spread um at the end because even though in the preview copy we got it was in black and white Mm -hmm. which angered me um (laughs) you can tell it's spectacular you know how long did this book take you to, to 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 do uh it took me i'd say about a year um good part of that was just figuring out the story um, and then going back and forth on roughing it out you know I'd, I'd rough it out to a point you know work with my editor and she would say well you know it's working but this section I'm just not feeling it you know I know what you're trying to, to do here and your, your point isn't getting across so there was some back and forth there but then once it actually went into you know final production, inking, coloring, lettering, all that stuff. Um, you know, that was probably a good six months doing that. Wow. So, yeah, and, and I actually, I had, I got a couple of guys to help with the colors. They were laying in flats, and then uh, they even got to the point where they could do finished colored pages with, you know, with me having to do limited um, fixes on that. So, I, you know, Really good, really good help. The two guys are Anthony Wu and Jason Cafo, and they've actually worked with Kazoo on Amulet on on his books as well. And that's how I found out about him because Kazoo's like, hey, these guys, you know, these guys could really help you out, and I don't have anything for them to do. And I was like, I do have stuff for them to do. So <laughs> they rolled on to onto Missile Mouse for a few months, and and. Uh, were a huge, huge help. I couldn't have done it without them. So, well, I'm going to ask you the most important question about Missile Mouse. So brace yourself. <laughs> Where in the world am I going to get my Missile Mouse T-shirt? <laughs> That's a good idea. I actually made a T-shirt years ago, 2002, I think it was, because I did a little Missile Mouse ash can, like black and white Kinkos thing, mm-hmm. and uh, I had some T-shirts to go with it. So, if you see one of the I think I made 80 shirts. One of the 80 people who have those. Wow. I rip it off of them. <laughs> uh, as far as a Missile Mouse shirt now, uh, well, it's a good idea. Maybe I should make a few for Comic-Con. Yeah, see? What, I mean, well, just, and just don't forget your podcast friends. So. No, no. Yeah, of course. I'll <laughs> That's all we're saying. Friends. Yeah. Yeah, double XL. <laughs> black. Remember, fat yeah, <laughs> <laughs> So, are you doing uh, any type of signing after the book comes out? I know, I know, you're a busy guy working probably on Rio, but are you are you doing any kind of signing after the release of the book? That's a good question. No, nothing's in planned right now. I should probably set something up with uh, um, with one of the you know. There's a few really cool comic shops down in Manhattan. I should see if they should they would do that. I actually have a, a meeting with Scholastic in their marketing department and. Um, we're going to talk about promotion and stuff for this book. So, well, hey, we're we're doing a, a giveaway for Scholastic right now. Their book uh, Malice. So, oh, really? Yeah, 
So uh, the Chris Whitting book, uh, we're giving away five copies of that. So nice. I just keep saying, a mouse with a jetpack and a gun, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll talk the heck out of it. Yeah, that's right. We can get behind that. <laughs> it's uh, it's the magic from you know they talk about the 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 golden rectangle or you know the perfect proportion, and I think part of that is uh, is the mouse gun space jetpack uh, faction that. that that they didn't bring up. So, yeah, I mean, vampires were 2009. Mice with guns, 2010. <laughs> just saying. Right. Right. <laughs> well, you know, we're, we are very excited for the release of Missile Mouse. Uh, I, I hope it's a, a big, stellar success. And you know, when uh, you are probably already you, the next thing up for you is probably your movie work and Missile Mouse Two. Yep, I'm I'm hard at work every night doing Missile Mouse Two right now, ink and pages. So. It'll be coming out this time next year. Excellent. Great. January 1st, 2011, maybe. 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 We'll see. (laughs) We'll see. Probably. (laughs) Well, We'll, you know. We'll find out. (laughs) You know, thank you so much for taking, you know, time out of your busy schedule to talk to us about the book. Um, And, you know, for, for, you know, being able to swing for us to get a copy and read it and enjoy it like we have. Dude, thank you so much for yeah. for talking to me about it. It's, it's, it just I'm, sometimes I can't believe that like people are really interested, you know, <laughs> interested in this. Like it's been it's been a real solitary thing for so long. Like just me and the book, and and to see that you know there's people outside of me that you know know about it and are interested in it and you know excited for it. it's like it's really amazing so well it's it's a great book it's a lot of fun uh i enjoyed the heck out of it and i know that paul did as well uh i see nothing but big things for for uh, missile mouse this is this is just going to take off we're going to be able to say we knew you when <laughs> <laughs> awesome well i could say i knew you when too so Exactly, because, you know, our vast media empire at ideologyofmadness.com is sweeping and taking control over everything. That's right. <laughs> won't be able to turn around without bumping, in, bumping into something. That's right. Something It'll be like Starbucks. <laughs> There'll be an ideologyofmadness.com on every corner. <laughs> Whatever that is. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, Jake, thanks so much. Off my shoe. <laughs> we appreciate you coming on, Jake. <laughs> yeah. Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast. 